Hello, and welcome to The Meaning Podcast, an exploration of how spiritual significance emerges from the life and the work of Plymouth Congregational Church of Minneapolis. I'm your host, Chris Bonhoff. The summer of 2022 has not been an easy one for people in progressive spaces. You've seen the overturning of Roe versus Wade, multiple mass shootings, more instances of police killing of unarmed black men, the congressional hearings on January 6th, the war in Ukraine, all significant steps backwards in terms of the struggles for peace and social justice. I sat down with Plymouth's lead minister, Dwayne Davis, to talk through the question, given the immense challenges presented by this moment, how does one avoid sinking into despair, cynicism, and pessimism? And so I'm glad about the question because what I have, what I thought I've been doing, <laughs> mm. what I thought I have been doing is lamenting and worrying. I said the other day, I think I may have said it in staff meeting, I came to the conclusion that maybe I'm not an optimist, but a realist. And the reason I came to that conclusion is because on one of my walks, I thought there is no indication that any of what we are seeing now is going to get better soon. That's not pessimism. That's just stating a fact based upon the available evidence. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but when I came to that conclusion, I started to think like, then where am I if, if all I'm running around doing is saying facts that are not good? <laughs> <laughs> mm. who, who, you know, am I just a Cassandra? Just, you know. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but then your question made me realize what I've been doing in the middle of all of this. I have not stopped working. I have not stopped thinking. I have not stopped imagining. Yeah. Uh, and perhaps that's where, um, that's where I go, even again, if, in the middle of being, you know, a, a realistic evaluation or, or description of where we are. And, and as I was just saying that, I, I then remembered Martin Luther King contrasted finite disappointment and infinite hope. Mm. So although I'm not an optimist, and, and I, I think it's worth explaining what I mean by optimist. An optimist says things are going to be all right. <laughs> I don't know that. Right. As just a starting position yeah, right. in any given yeah, yeah. event. Yeah. I, it's going to end up okay. Yeah, it's going to be okay. I, I don't know that that's true. That, that's not accurate. That's not how the world works. That mm -hmm. isn't how it works. Uh, that's, a, that's a superficial child faith. Uh, that's not how the world works. Um, a pessimist would probably say nothing is going to work. Well, that's not true either. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. so the, the where do I land in that uh, in that dichotomy? And so, then again, this notion of being a realist is, for lack of a better word, it's neutral. It's facing things. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the James Baldwin. 
you, you know, you, you got to face it if you, you know, to change it. Right. Um, so, but so that, that work that I'm doing, that writing, that thinking, that preaching, uh, those things aren't stopping and they are the ways that I make sense of the world. Uh, so that will go on. What I'm wrestling with then is, um, or what I'm, I guess what I'm trying to fight against is that sense that everything I try or the things that I do, I believe it matters. But the mm-hmm. question is, will it matter? <laughs> will it matter? The the uncertainty of how it will matter. matter yes. Yeah, the not knowing the end of the story. Exactly. Um, but isn't that what they all did? And when I say all did, I think... I think about what it was like for uh, King and, and, well, black Americans and stuff, my parents in Jim Crow, Mississippi, where the power arrayed against them was unrelenting and there was no end in sight. Yeah. And yet they, they kept going. They kept pushing. It kept moving. Uh, and it wasn't linear. Exactly. It, it, there were fits and starts. There were moments of opening uh, that were probably closed right away. Uh, there was backlash. And yet, and yet, I, I was, was too young to see firsthand uh, the the deadliest periods of the AIDS crisis. Uh, and I've since, of course, uh, have colleagues who lived through it. And when I hear the sense of inevitability of death, how do you live with the inevitability of death? Well, you take care of each other. That's true. And there's there's a heavier reliance on hope yes. in that space as well. I mean, I think I think of kind of the, you know, if 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 history is kind of a, a sine wave, mm-hmm. you know, and there are there are high points and low points yes. that it just, you know, history tells us that every society is going to go through some things. Yes. Yes. Uh, whether they're natural disasters right. or you know self-inflicted ridiculousness mm-hmm. uh, that <laughs> we see on governmental levels, <laughs> yeah. uh, there there are reasons when uh, for for life to be more difficult in some periods yes. of history than others, right. and that is that's a huge generality, of mm-hmm. course, yeah. uh, uh, and you know people's people's you know social location. Right. Uh, it has a lot of impact on all of that. Uh, and it, it feels a little bit to me like a, a Gen X 
person mm -hmm. who has lived my whole life in a world where the trajectory is just going up. Yes, that's exactly, yes. You know, the that's expectation I, yes, is that our society is going to get better, yes. techno technology is going to save us, The yeah. you know. And we've experienced it. We, we, for decades. We, yeah, we've experienced, uh, Gen X are here, we, we've experienced, um, I'll put it this way, even our lowest points Mm -hmm. uh, you know, say recession or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we we weathered it because we we lived in a society that was wealthier than most societies, or actually than all societies. Than all, right. And that, that, that also may be a sense of where uh, I have to draw on those historical periods um, because I have I have lived a really comfortable life, even in 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 a minoritized body, uh, I have, um, and I have known uh, the the dark side of 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 this this experiment because of this minoritized body, and I don't know. And that, that to me is the most important part of it in terms of how do you begin to, uh, how do you begin to face the stuff that we're facing? I don't know how it's going to turn out. Uh, history is no guide here. Uh, guide in this sense, history itself is complicated, uh, and it is it is it has slippage, and and it. It lurches backward just as quickly and violently as it lurches forward. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's the reality of our existence in this moment. So then it calls on me, what do I draw on? So I, I told you, you know, I talked about the historical periods that I, I think about. But again, this is where I'm going to throw that word that you've probably heard me say a thousand times. Moral imagination. What is the enduring wisdom that we draw on? Again, I begin a little bit of that in talking about the civil rights movement or the, the generation in Jim Crow. Uh, a little bit talk about the people who dealt with the AIDS crisis. Um, but what is the enduring wisdom uh, that we draw upon? By the way, that has to be more expansive than even what the the civil rights generation had to draw upon. That the 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 people who endured the AIDS crisis, we we have got to expand that imagination even broader. So that to me too makes the the project fraught because we even the invitation to think that broadly, people resist it. They're right. resisting it now. It's unprecedented. Yes. All uh, efforts in the past to expand moral imagination <laughs> yes. have have been, you know, difficult yes. to begin with. And right. what we're talking about now is so much more expansive. It's so much more expensive. You know, and, and you just look at the this last month. You look at it and say, okay, if someone were telling you, here, Chris, here are the, just in the last month, here are the things that have happened. Now I need you to begin thinking about them and thinking about uh, what will, what, how would you bring to bear an imagination that, that, so we had several 
uh, shootings, mm-hmm. high-profile shootings, and those are the ones that just got in the paper, not to mention the ones that we don't hear about. Uh, we had the overturning of Roe versus Wade, uh, a, a, a major strike at women's reproductive rights. And we are dealing with a war whose impact we are feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And our only response to it, of course, is to worry about gas prices. That's the most yes. important thing. So if you take just that and say, I need you to imagine, um, and I even I haven't even talked about the the what we're learning about how very close we came to losing this democratic experiment uh, to someone who uh, was leading our the the top of our government. Mm-hmm. Those those what is the enduring wisdom we can draw upon to help us imagine the way? Now, even as we even when we even as we're just sort of knocking on the door and saying, pay attention to these things. The backlash and the resistance is formidable. Yes. Uh, and so I think that's what I'm wrestling with. The, 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 the writing, the preaching, the, the exploring, the, the protesting, the marching. I don't know what it will do. But what I do know is... That's all I got. That's mm-hmm. all I got. Yeah. Uh, and I got to do it uh, regardless. So even as I am wrestling with all of these things, I have not lost faith in the things that I do. I have not lost faith in words. I have not lost faith in the proclaimed word. Uh, and that's the contradiction that's the contradiction, to do it in the face of, of do it in the face of inevitability of, of, of things going wrong and badly and doing it without any sense that what you're doing will have any impact or that the impact it will have cannot measure the power of the forces that are arrayed against us. Yeah. There was a, a song, I had never heard it. It came out like in 2014, but I was watching this show on Netflix called Umbrella Academy, which I love. Uh, and the beauty of, about the Umbrella Academy, every season, I, unlike other shows or superhero shows, the Umbrella Academy shows these people with powers trying to stop the inevitability of destruction. Mm-hmm. And they are strategizing, they're working, they're using their powers, and they're, you know, they're trying to figure it all out. But unlike other superhero stories, for those who haven't watched it, I'm giving it away, but it, you, you still have to watch it. The destruction happens anyway. It happens anyway. It's like three seasons. Yeah. They the whole season. They're, they're working to stop it. 
and they have fits and start. They Their plans work out. Some do, some don't. And you think they're going to get it. They're going to make it. They never do. They never do. And then the new season, it starts all over again. Yeah. Trying to stop the inevitability of destruction. And I was just telling a friend, I love that idea. Because, again, it does not furnish you with the conventional wisdom that you're going to win it every time. But yet that doesn't stop them from using their gifts, their skills to do what they can to forestall it. And that's a power source. Anyway, there was a song called My Silver Lining. Mm -hmm. And the line in it, there are a couple of lines in it. I just could hear it. I was like, what is this song? What are they talking about? The first thing I heard was, I don't know if I'm afraid of dying. It's not so much I'm afraid of dying. I'm afraid of living too fast or living too slow. First aid kit. First aid that. kit. I know yes. that song. That's a great song. It's a great song. I never heard it. I was watching it. I'm probably going to And I thought, wow, it's interesting because what she's saying there is that I don't want to miss the moment. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. I don't want to live too fast. And I don't want to live, I want to be right here to deal with what I have to deal with right now. That's a powerful thing. That is a powerful thing. It's a powerful thing. And especially when you don't know what the silver lining is you don't that know you're what even this, shooting for. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and of course that line, I don't, I'm not, I don't take the easy road. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to take the easy road. You know, hey, that, that. And so that song it resonated, and I I watched that maybe a couple of weeks ago, and I never heard this song, but I was like, "Wow, that is a very powerful thing to say." Mm. That I just want to meet the moment. I have no idea what is going to happen. Uh, I have no idea what's ahead of me. The road won't be, but I got to keep on keeping on. I got to meet, and that's where I think if there's also where my hope is lodged now, given that, again, realistically, Chris, we are in trouble politically. Yes. It, it, there is no way around it. Uh, the political scientist in me uh, sees it. The, the, you know, the, the pastor in me trying to – that's where we are. The, 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 it doesn't seem hopeful. And at the same time, I think what I'm, what really is right, and why I think that song is resonating with me, I just know that we have to meet the moment. We've got to do it. There's nothing else that we can do. James Reeb, the Unitarian minister who died in Selma, the white Unitarian minister who died in Selma, I was researching him a few years back for a speech I was going to give about him. I found an old sermon that he Uh, gave a few months before he died. And he said, and it wasn't a lament. Again, this is where the realists come. He said, in this work for justice, I'm paraphrasing, in this work for justice, we can't take a holiday or vacation. He didn't know what awaited him in Selma when he preached that. He didn't know. I think it's why he went to Selma to march for voting rights in 1965. But again, 
I remember that because he was meeting the moment and it might mean you you will die doing it. And so, but I'm firmly, I'm firm. Again, that's why that song, I think, resonated with me. I want to meet it. Yeah. I don't want to shy away from it. Yep. Uh, so that's, I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Let's keep doing it. Let's keep doing it. Keep on keeping on. <laughs> In times of immense challenge, where do you find the courage to keep on keeping on? Who are your ancestors that demonstrate moral imagination? And where do you find hope? What came up for you this episode? We'd love to hear your insights and your ideas and comments. Email us at meaning at Plymouth.org. Recently, a reader responded to episode nine, Finding Meaning in Discomfort. Don wrote, one of my overarching truths is that much of the discomfort and pain in life is a function of grief, either imagined, anticipated, or present. Judith Vjorst wrote several years ago something that I wish I had come up with, quote, the people we are and the lives we lead are greatly dependent on the nature of our losses and how we accommodate them, end quote. I think she is right on the money with that. Our musical theme is by Jimmy Hulse, additional music courtesy of Max Brunel. And Meaning is a production of Plymouth Congregational Church of Minneapolis. We'll see you next time.